This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 a.m., Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. Welcome to the Climate Action Radio Show, which can be heard on Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne and Skid Row in Sydney. My name is Vivian Langford, and salut Babette. We'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present and pay tribute to the decades-long legacy of Aboriginal fights for land rights and against the destructive mining projects that are fueling climate change. In particular, we acknowledge the Wangan and Jagalingu cultural custodians and their ongoing opposition to coal mining on their lands in central Queensland and to the Gomorrah traditional custodians continuing opposition to coal and gas on their land in New South Wales. It is vital at this late stage in history that we all learn to care for country. It will always be Aboriginal land and now is our time to all stand up for and protect it. Today we're going to Goombangia country. It's up near Bellingen on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. A tragedy of global significance is happening right now up there. And you will hear scenes from the road as Kumbangia people try to stop logging trucks entering their sacred places. Sue Higginson later addresses a rally near the Prime Minister's office. She is incandescent with rage. She's one of the Greens in New South Wales State Parliament. And then we have Federal Parliamentarian Senator Marine Faruqi, who says it's easy to ban the logging nationwide. And I'll give you more details of that in the outro at the end of this show. Thus, Doctors for the Environment, Kim Liu, who reminds us that forests provide shade, solace and a healthy climate. But let's start with ecologist Mark Graham and Dorothy Barbeck, who is an organiser with the Bob Brown Foundation. This is a wonderful conversation, listeners. I hope you really enjoy it. Protecting native forests is our topic today. I want to know how close we are to banning native forest logging nationwide in Australia. It's an urgent question, and I have Mark Graham, who's an ecologist, and Bob Brown organiser Dorothy Barbeck to help us find the answers. For Melbourne listeners and people in Western Australia, it looks like you have won this battle, but I was shocked to learn that loggers from Victoria are hurrying up to New South Wales in our last-ditch attempt to extract as much as possible in our precious, massive, moist forests around Bellingen. In New Zealand, a Labor government stopped logging their native forests 21 years ago. So how close are we to taking the climate action we need to sequester carbon in those forests and extend them for the benefit they may bring to all species? So Mark Graham's just back from the ALP conference in Brisbane. Welcome, Mark. Um, Thank you for having me. It's lovely to join you, Vivian. Thanks, Mark. Well, he's got a beaming face, listeners, so I'm very 
uh, hopeful that he will be, um, you know, really positive, even though he's been through these forest wars for a long time. Look, first, could you paint us a word picture of the forests that you know best from the Bellingen Valley rainforest to the cool peaks of the Dorigo Plateau? Certainly. These are the most magnificent forests on earth. They extend from the coastal plain with swamp mahoganies and flooded gums and beautiful, lush, humid lowland forests through rainforests on the most fertile soils with big strangler figs and booyongs and all of these other beautiful trees, up the escarpment toward Dorigo with these sweeping vistas across the coastal plain with really tall tallowood and blue gum and brush box forests. Some of these forests on the escarpment exceed 60 metres. The tallest tree in New South Wales is on the escarpment west of Bellington. It's an 80 metre tall tallowood. So that's from sea level up to maybe 800 or 900 metres. And then the plateau keeps going up to occasionally snow-capped peaks uh, on the Western Dorigo Plateau. And those peaks have montane eucalypt forests with messmates and brown barrels and New England black butts. And that's really only some 40 kilometres from the Pacific seaboard where there are literally coral reefs in the Solitary Islands Marine Park through to the high parts of the Dorigo Plateau. And nowhere else on earth is this incredible assemblage in such a narrow east-west gradient. So literally from sea level to almost 1,600 metres. These are astonishing places. And within them are literally some of the most ancient forests and ecosystems on earth. Well, can you expand that a bit? I read a little bit how you take nature tours and you talk about Gondwana land, but we have some international listeners. They might know what that is. Could you tell a bit more what that is? Put simply, back in the days of the dinosaurs, the great southern supercontinent Gondwana was made up of a mass of what are currently separate continents, Australia, Antarctica, South America and Africa. And that whole continent basically was covered in rainforests with species such as hoop pine or dorigo pine, which brontosaurs ate. And nowadays, the eastern margin of Australia is the Great Dividing Range and the Great Escarpment. And right on the, the mountaintops and the, um, the high parts on the eastern coast of Australia, are these tiny fragments of these forests from which the dinosaurs have disappeared, but ultimately in which time has pretty much stood still. And these areas are recognised for having outstanding universal values. They're regarded as world heritage areas, the Gondwana rainforests of Australia. But within that are these eucalypt forests, which have got 20% of the koalas, wild koalas of New South Wales, greater gliders, yellow-bellied gliders, powerful owls, all of these incredible creatures. And those eucalypt forests that occupy the landscape, it's like a big mosaic of forests. And there's fossil evidence that tells us that these forests 
once covered Antarctica, those few uh, ice-free areas of the Antarctic continent. You can peel back the rocks and you can see the leaf litter that's identical to the Dorigo Plateau today. There are fossil deposits in Patagonia from about 53 million years ago, which have got talawoods, this moist ancient eucalypt species. Um, there was immense excitement 10, 15 years ago when those fossils were found. The talawood is the favourite food of the koala. And koalas have been around 20 to maybe 30 million years. So we're dealing with these treasures at the global scale. Oh, listeners, I wish you could see Mark because if this was television, you'd see how animated he is. He absolutely loves it. I was thinking, Mark, as you were talking, I wish a lot of my friends watch the gardening show on TV, you know, with Costa. And they talk about it all, all the time. And I wish you had a TV show taking us to this wonderful landscape that you've described, which, of course, we are now threatening. And I welcome uh, Doro, who's just arrived um, with us. She's going to talk a bit later <laughs> about more the political dimensions of all this. But, but Mark, what is the restoration work that, that would employ many people once the logging stops, I'm just going to say it'll have to stop. When it stops, what's the restoration that many people could do? Well, of course, the logging of public native forests in New South Wales loses taxpayers about $20 million a year. So we need to immediately stop the logging. We then need to redeploy that capital into repair. So there are forests that are degraded by weeds, with on the lowlands, things like lantana, taking over large areas of formerly very diverse forests. As well as that, of course, this region, the North Coast, was the first area suffering the megafires of Black Spring and Black Summer. And there are a lot of forests that have been badly harmed by those fires. There's erosion, there's dieback, there are weeds, and there's a need to manage fire. So there's an awful lot of work that needs to be done. We need to turn those areas that are dominated by weeds into biodiverse, regenerating native forests. And by turning them from areas that are dominated by weeds with very low uh, or comparatively low carbon volumes, by rehabilitating those parts of the landscape, we can do a number of things. We can give koalas a future, but we can also start to draw down truly massive volumes of carbon. Because when you turn a valley that's covered in lantana, which might reach a maximum of three or five metres height, to a regenerating subtropical rainforest and a tall eucalypt forest, you can start to build multiple orders of magnitude more carbon in the landscape than those weedy areas currently hold. As well as that, when you rebuild forests, you improve and increase water security because healthy forests store huge amounts of water, they give base flow to our streams, and they make it rain. And everybody on the coastline between Sawtell and Yamba, so over 100,000 municipal residents, derive their life support in terms of their municipal water supply from these forests, those forests on the Dorigo Plateau, and a bit further south, the forests in the Bellinger Valley. Now, of course, in Sydney, the water supply catchment area, it's actually illegal in large parts to even walk there. Yet we've got a crown corporation industrially logging our critical water supply areas. And that's caused immense harm already. Earlier in the year, 
the water that supplied all of those people from Sawtell to Yamba became so dirty from industrial logging that it was unusable. And the ratepayers of Coffs Harbour and Grafton are, by the look of it, on the on the hook now for maybe $75 million to put in a filtration plant to deal with the muck that comes out of these log forests. So first step, stop the logging, rehabilitate, fix up the erosion, revegetate um, with diverse species blends, give koalas a future, store carbon, give ourselves water security and save taxpayers tens of millions of dollars. We're talking about ecological thinning and subsidised logging, but we basically mean the same things, don't we, here? Wherever there are chemical corporations around the world, they're constantly trying to chip away at regulations. Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories, from developments in government and industry to the campaigns and communities that are standing up to them. Earth Matters plays at 11am Sunday and 6.30am Wednesday. Turn your dial to 855am or listen online at 3cr.org.au. Law needs to change so that uh, our rights can be recognised, so that decisions in relation to the use and exploitation of our lands is ours. And after the 2020 bushfires, I was down at Beager and I interviewed an Indigenous National Parks worker. He said to me he spent 18 years working in the forests and he had only been able to practice coal fire burning once on private land at Tathra. It may he may have been, but it was, he emphasised it was on private land that they'd been invited to do that. The proof that it worked was when the fire swept through Tathra, and that land was spared pretty much. So why are these practices not more widespread in national parks? I think it's a fairly um complex matter um a lot of of course a lot of aboriginal nations have had their land stolen from them people have been stolen culture has been um badly impacted there's definitely a resurgence or a rebuilding of traditional fire practice um i've actually been to those sites that you mentioned down in tathra i used to work on a program called the hotspots fire project and we we saw those very sites there's definitely a role for um, appropriate use of fire within ecosystems that um, are driven by it, that germination of native species can be triggered by the use of fire and um, fire risk can be reduced through active application of fire. It's a little bit different in a lot of the North Coast because these forests are so moist and in large part, fire actually doesn't have a role to play on the north coast. It has a role to play in more open and grassy habitats or heathland habitats and dry sclerophyll habitats like the Blue Mountains. Um, and I think that over time, the development of practice across government and across community is an important initiative that we need collectively work toward uh, because there's been so much lost knowledge and lost practice. And there is a need to work toward the rebuilding of custodianship of country, 
I guess so. I would put the rider on all of that, though, that because of the climate crisis, things are very physically different to the situation that existed in traditional times. There might have been 280 parts per million carbon in the atmosphere in traditional times, 260, 280. There's 425 parts per million now. The whole of Australia has been fragmented. There are a lot more weeds and exotic animals, vertebrate pests like cats and foxes. So things have really altered physically and ecologically. So it's highly likely there's a need for new practices that recognise these changed physical and ecological circumstances. Yeah. Well, let me move now to the political level. You've just been at the ALP conference and um, in Brisbane, listeners, this will be the first uh, mention we'll have of that big conference, and there was a CFMEU official, Michael O'Connor, who said, if you don't manage the forests, you're going to have more fire and more extinctions. And he was pushing back against uh, Felicity Ward, and she's from the Labor Environment um, Action Network, who said native forest logging is a travesty in the 21st century. Well, is, is there jobs for the other? What's the question that comes out of this for you? I don't know if it, is there, there are there jobs for those forest workers or um, are they putting around myths about forests, misunderstandings? Yeah, what, what's your take on that? Absolutely. Uh, the position put forward by the head of the CFMEU was absolute guff and disinformation generated by the timber industry. The industrial logging of our native forests exacerbates fire. It makes it dries forests out. It makes fires more frequent and more intense. It there's significant body of evidence and published literature to support that, and. Industrial logging of our public native forests is exacerbating both the climate and the extinction crisis. The best thing we can do to address both extinction and climate crises is to stop logging our forests, starting with public native forests because it loses taxpayers $20 million a year, thereabouts, and then moving further afield into protecting all of our forests, fixing them up where they're broken or degraded, recovering, and then expanding them because that's what we need to do to address both the extinction and the climate crisis. Yeah. Well, you know, this is the Climate Action Show, and usually we're up against private corporations. But in New South Wales, we're talking about New South Wales, this is a state-owned forestry corporation. I think I have to emphasise this for listeners who might have a double take at that. And it's racing against time to extract those big logs. I've seen photos of them. They're giants of the forest. And in New South Wales, the new government is called Min, MINS. It's a Labor government, MINS government. They're declaring a great koala national park. I think it was one of their big election platforms. And the majority, I must say, of people in Australia actually do want to stop forest logging, 69%, I think, according to the Australia Institute. But now... Men's government, they're arresting protesters and they could just as easily be transitioning forestry New South Wales, which is, as you said, taxpayer funded. What deals have been done, do you think? Bad deals, dirty deals with the loggers and the unions is the simple answer. The men's government was elected on, a, on one of very few environmental platforms to gazette the Great Koala National Park. Since being elected, they've actually accelerated logging in some of the most significant forests on earth. 
they're literally right now logging the last coastal bastions of the koala and the greater glider at Nuri. And the Gumbangia elders have been forcibly removed from their country, which is one of their most sacred sites, the Nungu Miral, Golden Kangaroo Dreaming Site, and the sacred fire that they have burning there was extinguished under the jackboot martial law forces of the New South Wales police. We're in globally tragic circumstances when it comes to the management of the public forest estate and the Minns government is running a giant fraud by alleging they're going to make a great koala national park whilst accelerating logging of the most important areas of it. I don't still get it though like they're losing money as you've said that what, what politically are they gaining by doing this? Power, influence, vested interests are benefiting from this and there's an ideological underpinning to it and um, it's shameful. What's playing out right now in New South Wales is shameful because these industrial logging operations are so heavy and so mechanised that you can't have these machines in a forest and still have a forest after they've passed. And the impacts and the consequences are major and it makes no sense it's just off the back of dirty deals and vested interests and undue influence mm. well bob brown said this will be an election you know loser for the labor party nationally at the next election so they're out of step with the public a lot of public haven't seen these forests. You've been there. You know, a small number of people, I suppose, really know it, but most people in Australia get it. You know, they've heard about it from Tasmania. We've been fighting these logging wars for years. What's this ideology you're talking about within the Labor Party? What's that? What's the ideation around continuing this, even unprofitably? I think there's a somewhat romantic notion that there's, or, or a deluded notion that there are lots of jobs, which they simply aren't and that the logging of public native forests is somehow a beneficial or noble pursuit. It's ugly, it's barbaric, it's brutish, and it harms us all. It takes away our water security, it's driving our koalas rapidly extinct, and it's got to stop. So puncturing those bubbles of disinformation and the ideological... Um, underpinnings of it is very important. Truth-telling about the reality of our forests is necessary. And I'd invite all of your listeners everywhere from around the world to come and to join us on the North Coast to see the wonders because these forests are truly wondrous and to see the flip side, which is the immense harm that's being done to these globally significant forests. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter.
I'm going to move to Dorothy in one moment, but I just have one more question for you, Mark, and then I'll let you go, I think, because you're really busy. I know Mark's been much in demand. Look, on the global level, there are so many images. You just look on the internet of these giants of the forest filled, and usually there's a man standing in front of it, and sometimes it turns out that forest protectors have been murdered. You know, from the northern New South Wales, you could go to Cambodia, to Papua New Guinea, to Colombia. Really, forest protectors, often Indigenous people, are murdered as they compete with agriculture and mining and logging. You've been part of these forest wars to stop the logging. What are the ecological reasons, just in a nutshell, why we need to have a peace and restoration treaty globally as we face ever more terrifying climate consequences? Forests are our most diverse terrestrial ecosystems. They literally deliver us the essence of life. They deliver us nutrients. They deliver us biomass, food, medicine, fibre, water security. And there's an urgent need globally for all forests to be protected for the removal of any part of our life support systems to stop and for continental scale re remediation and rehabilitation to occur. We've just got enough time to do this and the inherent capacity within ecosystems to recover and repair is there. You, I can take you to places around here where Mother Nature is repairing and healing herself from 100 years of abuse. There's regrowth and regeneration occurring and that's very heartening and that's just doing its own thing. That's literally just processes of ecological recovery and repair happening. We can accelerate that through a number of interventions to mechanically revegetate landscapes. And we could do that for koalas by planting tallow woods everywhere, give them a lifeline. But at the global scale, yeah, every forest, every bit of life is precious. And I guess I'm just grateful that we're in Australia because we're the wealthiest nation on earth. We've got all the know-how, all the tools and equipment that we need to protect, restore and expand our life support systems for the benefit of this and all future generations. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. We've been listening to Mark Graham, who's up uh, in the north north area. Where are you, Mark? Are you in Belgium? I'm in Coffs Harbour, but I oh, split my time yeah. between Coffs, Bellingen and Dorigo. I'm, I'm, I'm the custodian of a few big chunks of country. Please come and visit. Please come and share <laughs> these wonders. Please. Thank you, Matt. Okay, I'll let you go. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now we'll move to Dorothy Barbeck. Um, she's from the Bob Brown Foundation. Thank you for coming, Doro, on this call. Can you tell us about the Australia-wide rallies in August? You know, in every major city, I think they were. I went to the one in Sydney. And why Bob Brown and Marine Faruqi are saying, look, it'd be easy for the federal government to stop the logging. They've got the existing powers to just stop the logging in native forests. Can you speak to that? Yeah, so we had um, nationwide rallies just last weekend and oh, no, the weekend before last. And then there was one last weekend in Brisbane because of the ALP conference up in Brisbane. Um, and they were well attended. We had about 5,000 people rallying across the country, which is fantastic. And um, this is also coming on the back of our Australian Native Forest Declaration, which we launched um, a few years back and we collected about 50,000 signatures. 
And we, our goal is to get um, 500,000 signatures. So there's a little way to go, but we will get there, um, particularly with this now renowned push. And please mark the date, listeners. There's another rally coming up in March, 2024. And I think it's around the 1st of March. And it'll be the same and similar to the ones that we had. So anyone who missed out this year, um, we'll have another one coming up and the plan is to do actually two more before the federal election because we need to get this on the agenda. We need to make the next federal election about ending native forest logging because as you just heard from Mark, you know, it's actually a no brainer. We have to stop this. We will only gain from it by saving these forests, saving taxpayer money, more rain, water retention and everything else that Mark just spoke about. So the federal government, they could just rip up all these regional forest agreements tomorrow. They are pretty much cowboy sort of style contracts that have been set up many years ago before we even, how can I say, I mean, there's been so much ignor ignorance about the climate boiling and climate crisis in Australia that these, these um, regional forest agreements were set up at a time when Australia was even less inclined to do anything about climate change. So now it's high time. We've reached climate boiling. We must end native forest logging now. I'm sick of waiting for elections. Mark, who he, he came down to Sydney for the state election, New South Wales state, and all the New South Wales politicians were pledging, we'll do it this year, we'll do it this year. And I thought, wow, that's something, to achieve something this year, but that hasn't happened. Oh, you know, look, this is the year of the voice. My experience is that a lot of climate front lines are being preserved by First Nations people from the Wangan and Jagalingu up there in Queensland to the Gumbungia people we've heard of now in northern New South Wales. What's the point of a voice in the Constitution if it's not taken seriously in the forest? I absolutely agree with you there, Vivian. That's the question I really had when I watched also how the Gumbangia people were pushed off in Uri State Forest up at the mid-north coast where Mark is. Um, I also felt, where does that leave the voice? Because they had um, just set up a sacred fire there to protect the forest. And it's a sacred men's part of that particular part of Uri State Forest. And it was horrifying to see how that was all just pushed aside. The fire was extinguished with the help of the fire brigade that came up there. And, you know, just after that, eight huge logging trucks rolled in right into the sacred fire um, uh, forest, sorry. It was heartbreaking to see. And also the, the people, the Gumbangia people just standing there and yelling out and going on. Why are you taking this? You've always taken it and you're taking it again. You know, like in 2023, we should actually be a lot further. You know, we should recognize First Nations rights over their land and to hold sacred ceremony rather than pushing them away. You know, it's incomprehensible. So we're here at the Bob Brown Foundation. We want to raise this issue further. Um, we're holding vigil outside Parliament um, every time New South Wales Parliament is sitting on Thursdays. I also wouldn't like to invite all your listeners. So coming up Thursday from 12 to 1 o'clock, we'll be outside New South Wales Parliament just on Martin Place, corner of Macquarie Street. Um, we'll be having banners, but I'm also um, working on another project that hopefully will raise even more awareness where we project films about the logging on the walls of the buildings. Um, so um, this is also about people movement, awareness movement, so that um, the public is aware once they get next time to the election that, you know, who then who they vote for. 
um, you know, in my personal opinion, we obviously need more Greens or Independents who are pushing for an end to native forest logging. Well, this was a question for both of you, and if Mark would like to contribute, he's still there. Look, so much climate talk is about creating new carbon sinks and drawing down emissions. But how can reforesting go hand in hand with deforesting? It's just schizophrenic. It's like our government pumping money into coal, oil and gas at the same time as saying we're going to oh, we're going to have more renewable energy. I think we're living in a very schizoid sort of state of mind and we have to cut through it. On forests, we signed in Glasgow, this, these are the words, a halt to halt and reverse forest loss and land degradation by 2030. We all signed on to that. So how close are we, really seriously, how close are we to achieving that in Australia? We have a long, simple answer is we have a long way to go. We are a global biodiversity hotspot. We're the only developed nation that is a global biodiversity hotspot. And the tragic shame is we, at the same time, we are a global deforestation hotspot. And the forests of Eastern Australia being one of these global biodiversity hotspots recognised by Conservation International is being badly harmed day in, day out, year in, year out. So we need governments of all colours to regulate and legislate to stop the clearance of our forests and but particularly because in places such as northern New South Wales, we've got fertility, we've got fertile soils, we've got equable climates and we've got rainfall, revegetation and recovery and repair can be quite rapid. And there's some beautiful emerging evidence that these forests, these Gondwanan landscapes have globally significant potential to draw down, sequester, draw down and sequester carbon. And that's a very exciting prospect. And that's our mission, protect every bit of forest and then start to urgently restore it where we most need it for our koalas, our greater gliders and our children. And old forests, of course, store a lot more carbon than new forests. You know, so that's why it is so important to keep the old forests that we have and not just plant new ones. New young forests, they also draw a lot more water um, you know, and I like this scene in the film Giants, actually, where David Lindenmeyer says, like a young forest reminds him of a bunch of teenagers cleaning out the fridge. So a young forest actually comes in and just draws all the water. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's an old growth forest actually retains the water, but also, you know, shares it around, whereas the young forest just needs a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you both. It's been lovely talking to you. And look, until the ABC grabs you both for a, a weekly um, forest program instead of the gardening, well, not instead of, additional to the gardening program, I, I'm going to commit to having you both much more frequently on this show because we, we spend so much time on coal, oil and gas and renewable energy, but we forget the forests and the land. And we need to do that more often. So thank you both very much. Dorothy Barbeck from Bob Brown Foundation and Mark Graham ecologist thank you thank you, thank you very so much. much now we'll have a song called welcome to gumbangia country it's by brother steve morelli and sung by dallas walker it's produced by will jarrett of the valley hub who thanks the ancestors elders and traditional custodians for their care of country mm -hmm. 
bagabar when you gingari yanangari agarana koyo do donji donji gurga na dunai balunga ni wajariarila cloud i live in scotland and i love radio i can do the washing up i could be in the garden i could be in the car driving when i'm listening to 3cr radical radio subscription radio community radio on 8.55am we do stream at 3cr.org.au so you can become a member and donate money now here's sue higginson mlc for the new south wales parliament She's an environmental law expert and former CEO of the Environmental Defenders Office. She's followed by Senator Faruqi and Dr Kim Liu. State Parliament, and I've just come back from the front lines at Newry State Forest, where this current state men's government promised all of New South Wales a great koala national park. It was the one promise that this Labor government 
was elected to deliver to the people of New South Wales to end logging of the Great Koala National Park on the Mid-North Coast. Right now, this government is logging the guts out of the Great Koala National Park. It is literally, literally, right now, truck after truck with police escort in the face of Gumbangia elders standing saying no, driving out on the back of log trucks, 10 per day, koala and other threatened species habitat. This is happening right now in our state by our government here in New South Wales. It is so wrong. There is currently, it is absolutely the site of a war. There is a war on nature and there is a war on the Gumbangia elders. And I tell you, on Thursday, a traditional Gumbangia man was practicing ceremony on his country in our forests and the police crash tackled him, took him to the Coffs Harbour police station. He spent all night in the Coffs Harbour lockup. This was a Gumbangia man on his country practicing ceremony, begging the state to stop logging his forests and destroying the very animals that are his totems, part of his identity and his living culture. The Gumbangia people right now and all of those elders that I was with yesterday are begging for your help and your support to make a louder roar and to hold Penny Sharp and Chris Minns to proper account and stop logging the Great Koala National Park. Okay, there's an issue with uh, you guys blocking the roadway. Uh, so I'm issuing everyone here a move on direction off the roadway. Um, if you guys fail to comply with that direction, you may be committing an offence, okay? Okay, Colin. What was that uh, we're not breaking, our law has more power than your law, so he has every right to practice his culture on his country. Well, we just ask and you, you just put out his sacred fire. Knowing that you are helping these guys destroy our land and our culture and, 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 putting, and, putting, and putting the animals in danger like the koalas and the greater blighter. Yes. If, if you see the news and what's happening all over the world with the, uh, climate change, what you know? is really a breach? This has got to stop. You have to stop doing this to our country. Leading up to a referendum to give us power, to give us a voice, you're not listening to our voice. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame. 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 And your taxpaying money pays for them as well to log these forests and start fires and cause this climate catastrophe that we have faced are in and is going to get so much worse this summer. It's really important that you all know this is not a multinational corporation. This is our government. It is the forestry corporation. It is your forests, your corporation. Hey, and guess what? In the last two years, to log our forests in New South Wales, it cost you and me and everybody else in New South Wales $28 million. That's what we subsidise this industry. We're not logging for money. We're not logging for resource. 
most of the timber that we are logging is going to fence posts, firewood, paper and pulp. It's not building our houses. It's not being used for things that we all need anymore. It's literally being used for very low value products that we can replace elsewhere. We know the future and the present of the timber industry we have is in plantations. The same period it cost $28 million to you, the plantation sector earned you $94 million. So what is this madness? What are we doing? We're doing it because they're not acting. They know this. They were elected on a promise and that promise is broken right now. We thought that right now, we would not be arguing and advocating for the Great Koala National Park. We thought we would have that by now. They've been in since March. But now, what we thought we'd be doing here and now is advocating for the rest of it, for all of our public native forests. We're talking about 1.8% of the whole of New South Wales. It's a small part of New South Wales. But do you know what? It is some of the most precious country in New South Wales. It is our forest ecosystems. It is the very environmental systems that provide us with clean air, fresh water, and homes for animals. And guess what? It's these forests that are our frontline defense against climate change and the worst impacts. So we know that logging our forests right now is emitting millions of tons of carbon. If we stop right now, we will literally draw down carbon, sequester carbon, saving forests is climate action. So my friends, together we can do this because it is our government, they are our forests, and this is our time. The first time I went to protect our forests was 32 years ago when I locked onto a bulldozer thinking that this was it. But we're now here, we can do it. It takes hope. And you know what hope is? It's not an emotion. Hope is a cognitive function. It's a muscle. And it's time we all flex it together. You need and you must contact Penny Sharp, contact Chris Minns, do it every single day until we win because we are so close to winning. And together, we're going to protect these forests. We're going to protect it for ourselves, for the critters, and for the next mob. Thank you all. The ecological vandalism of logging our native forests have gone on for too long. Enough is enough. There must be a total ban on native forest logging across this country. No ifs, no buts. Native forest logging never, never made any sense. But it is absolutely criminal when we are in the midst of an extinction crisis, when we are in a time of global boiling, it is just criminal. There is no other way to describe it. And we know, we know that it is reckless regional forestry agreements and weak and broken federal environmental laws that have allowed native forest logging to go on indiscriminately, which has, which has pushed our wildlife to the brink of extinction. It has endangered our water resources. It has heightened bushfire risk. And of course, it has made the climate crisis worse. 
And it is only because of the activism, the courage, the bravery, and the action of people like you and so many out there that some states government have been forced, have been forced to now ban native forest logging. So a huge, huge round of applause for all of you here and out there across the country who have been doing this for years. But sadly and shamefully, the New South Wales Minns Labour government are, are complete laggards, stubborn laggards. And they will be the ones to blame. They will be the ones to blame if they don't take urgent action right now for the extinction of our iconic koalas. And that's the reason. That's the reason why the federal government has to come to the table and put a complete nationwide ban on native forest logging. But the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek have actually shamefully, utterly, shamefully and utterly failed to act. Just a couple of months ago, the Labour Party, the Labour government teamed up with the coalition and One Nation to vote down a Greens bill that would have stopped native forest logging across this continent. So you know there is only one, I guess one party to blame for what's going on at the moment. The Prime Minister is the most powerful person in this country. The Prime Minister can do this today, especially in a progressive parliament and with the support and the push from the Greens. We could ban native forest logging any day. And that's what we're here to tell the Prime Minister. You know, governments across Australia are more interested in cracking down on activists, in policing and putting in jail activists who are putting their life on the line, their bodies on the line to save this planet while they're completely abrogating their responsibility to keep people and the planet safe, to tackle the climate crisis and the extinction crisis with the urgency and the profoundness that it demands. So we're here today to tell the Prime Minister that we will not stop doing this. We will not stop doing this. We are here today to call on the Prime Minister to protect a magnificent native forest from destruction. We are here to tell the Prime Minister, end, end native forest logging. New Zealand did, did this 23 years ago at the turn of the century. It is high time that we did it as well. It is high time that Prime Minister Albanese started to put people and the planet above corporate profits and above industry lobbies. But I cannot tell you, as I've been around the country, as I've stood with the Gomorrah people many times over the years to protect the Pilaga, I can, cannot tell you how much hope there is at the moment. Because there are more people than ever, more people than ever now who want to do this. There are more people than ever now who want the Labour Albanese government to stop opening up new coal and gas mines. 
There are more people than ever before in this country who want Prime Minister Anthony Albanese to stop native forest logging. And it is, it is this commitment, this passion, this energy, and this activism that you have, which will make it happen. And I can tell you, together, we will make this happen. Thank you so much for being fierce forest protectors. The Greens are with you all the way. Doctors for the Environment started in 2003, when three doctors realized that our environmental social determinants of health were intricately linked to our mental and physical health. We need clean water, clean air, healthy soils, healthy ecosystem and a stable climate. Our forests are critical. Our forests clean the air, if you think of the amount of air pollution. The number of people who die from air pollution in Australia has recently been estimated around about 10,000. And we know that trees clean particulate matter and our aerosol air pollution. Our water, water is such a critical thing. And we, it is such a critical thing that people can actually have access to clean water. We know in Melbourne, their water is clean going through the forest. So they use less chemicals. So if you look at healthy soils, if you chop down a forest, you decimate the soils. And we know that we have such soil depletion internationally, and this is at a risk for our food systems. And what do we need for health? We need to be able to bring clean air, drink help, clean water, and be able to eat. And this is why our, our forests are so critical. And forests, help reduce heat. There are West, well, I work in Western Sydney where it's just an urban heat island and they've just mowed down a forest building the Badgers Creek Airport which means that so many poor people are actually impacted by heat and we know heat waves kill more people in Australia than all other natural disasters combined. And with climate, and mental health. What we know about trees is that trees are used as a, have a therapeutic function in Japan. They have forest bathing, because we know that forest bathing helps with mental health distress, helps with blood pressure, and helps with, with numerous chronic diseases. We have the, so many benefits from trees, and only about 25% of the population understands that forests are so important. And so our forests are being decimated and still 75% of the people are not aware of this. It's heartbreaking. We know that people, that crime rates are less and suicides are less in forested areas. So people who are deprived from forested areas are more likely to be harmed mentally. It is so critical that we protect nature because without nature we lead very deprived lives and you really need a healthy environment for healthy people. Thank you. Are you a 3CR subscriber? 
We really need our listeners to subscribe to the station. It helps us remain financially independent and is an important part of our community governance. It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organization, and $300 solidarity. Become a 3CR subscriber today. 3CR Radical Radio. Here's some action. We know Western Australia and Victoria have banned the logging, but a national ban is urgent. Australia signed a forestry agreement at Glasgow, pledging to hold and reverse forest loss and land degradation by 2030. In New Zealand, native forest logging was stopped over 20 years ago. And even though the ALP conference last week in Brisbane, Mianjin, failed to stop the logging, there's a big pressure group within the party who are trying to make it happen. They're called LEAN, Labour for Environmental Action Network, and you might like looking them up or joining them. The Australia Institute research found that three in four Labour voters want a ban. So it could be a game changer at the next election. But if I was a koala, I couldn't wait that long for the next election. So lawyer George Williams, AO, from University of New South Wales, said that the federal government has all the powers it needs already to ban logging immediately. He said, if a federal law was inconsistent with state laws, the federal law would prevail under section 109 of the constitution. So come on climate campaigners, get on the phone to Mr. Albanese or Tanya Plibersek. If you're in New South Wales, get on the phone to Penny Sharp. If you're in New South Wales, get on the phone to Penny Sharp. She's the New South Wales Minister for Climate Change, also for Energy and the Environment. Quite a bit of conflict of interest there, I'd say. Penny Sharp's phone number is 02-7225-6020. So please ring that number if you can or contact Albanese or Plibersek about this matter. It is so urgent. Every day counts to keep these trees standing. So thank you tonight for all who participated. To Mark Graham and Dorothy Barbeck, to Senator Feruki, to Sue Higginson and Dr. Kim Liu. Thank you also to the singer, Dallas Walker, for his song, Welcome to Gumbangia Country. My name is Vivian Langford. Good night and good luck. This is coal. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. It's coal. It's coal. Tune in every Monday at 5pm to hear the Climate Action Radio Show. Forest action groups that you can support. Here they are. North East Forest Alliance. South East Region Conservation Alliance. Wilderness Society. LEAN, that's Labour Environment Action Network. They were pressuring the ALP to stop all forest logging Australia-wide. The Bob Brown Foundation, and there's many more. I hope you can take some action, listeners. It's so important and so easy to swell the numbers. I'm from the Lakota Nation in the geographical center of North America that we call Turtle Island. And community radio is about your community, your heart, 
which 3CR Community Radio is, right here at 85.5 a.m. So it is digital, and I'm, I'm presuming you can you can go worldwide with it. Um, people are listening in America to you, so talk back, Australia, to the Earth. Peace with Earth. Thank you. Teokas and Ghost Horse. Community Radio is your love. Mm-hmm. 